We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. They were just playing a promo of, of Ken, Anthony, and Daryl talking from the morning show about... Yeah, uh, are, the, are those guys getting along? Um, are you getting along with uh, Anthony? What's going on here? I mean, I think it's a situational thing. Um, that conversation was from last week. Like, are you rooting? Can you root for the Steelers to win? Because if the Steelers beat the Bills, all of a sudden your destination next week changes. And I, I, I do think because Pittsburgh made the playoffs, all of a sudden the plot has thickened because we've talked a mess of smack about Pittsburgh's demise only to have them make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, the, the Ken Carmen and, and that pony guy is just the funniest. That's that's awesome theater. But, like, isn't this what the Steelers just do? They're going to lose this week. This is what Mike Tomlin's been doing for the last 10 years. Hey, Pittsburgh's got a winning record. Hey, hey, Tomlin's got him into the playoffs again. Yeah, great. And then what happens? They lose in the first round every year. Like, I'm not holding my breath that Pittsburgh's pulling some upset. I mean, what would you tell me? They're like 10-point underdogs? 10-point dogs, yeah. To a Buffalo team that two weeks ago wasn't even making the playoffs. So, I'm not – and with T.J. Watt out, I mean, yeah. I mean, of course, Browns fans would go nuts if it would be the double whammy this weekend. I don't see it happening. I so, just don't. So, I actually – I think Pittsburgh's going to keep it close. Uh, 10 points is just a – buttload of points that's a, that's a lot of points for a playoff game even a though lot. it's buffalo even though it's josh allen like there's so many things that just make it make sense i i think it's a sucker's bet i i really do i i think i think it's gonna be close and here's the thing one i think alex highsmith is the most underrated defensive player in the nfl i think he is as good as tj watt and i that that is a strong take but i think he is phenomenal so wait, did you say as good? As good. Yep. No. Their their numbers are not well, too far off each other. My, you're like you, now you're scouring PFF. I mean, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I mean, I I love Heisman. Don't get me wrong. I wish he was on the Browns, but like, I don't think he's as good as TJ Watt. I, maybe he's better. Maybe he's a little bit better against the run. But oh man, that's a big statement. That's a big statement. Like, both those two guys are damn good. I I mean, take well, them on your team. So I think the point is, it, then you have Marcus Golden, who's going to step in for for TJ Watt, and I, listen, I I I think we might be talking out of both sides of our mouths if we are proclaiming the run that Joe Flacco as is this run of destiny, and not looking at that Mason Rudolph actually has is, is a vital part of what they're doing and playing as well as Mason Rudolph should ever play. You want to talk about small sample size. <laughs> I mean, this love fest for Rudolph after, what, two games? I mean, two I mean, and a we, half? We got five games in Flacco. What are we doing here? Right. I mean, come on. This is legit. I mean, I'm not telling you that Flacco and Rudolph are both going to Canton next week. <laughs> but, like, oh, my goodness. I mean, Rudolph, I, I mean, on the road, in the cold, at Ralph Wilson or Rich Stadium, whatever they're calling it now. That's a tough place to win. I just, I don't see Mason Rudolph turning into, you know, Frank Reich circa Bills Oilers in that stadium. I don't see it. I think at this, all. in the same way that you and I, in the last segment, got into 
the Brownsian ways to lose, there is the biggest kernel of doubt in my mind is the fact that it's the Steelers. And you're, you're right to say recent history, the last eight years, they've not done diddly squat in the playoffs. No. And that should take precedence. But in the back of my head, I'm like, it would just be in, in the pantheon of Brownsian's things. It would be, it would make so much sense that they would go into Buffalo and play spoiler. And maybe this could be a game that you would overlook because they're bigger matchups down the road. That, that would just be the worst yeah, case scenario it, when it, I say Brownsian. I don't yes. think it's going to happen, but we, I, might as, we might as well get it out of the way and say it. But like, I don't know. I, I think Buffalo's playing well. Don't get me wrong. That was not like it's not like they went into Miami the other night and blew them out. I mean, that was a close game, and the Dolphins are just you know against good teams they just turtle. But uh, I don't. I mean, Steelers without Watt and starting Rudolph, and their schedule down the stretch was a little bit soft. Obviously big week 18 win and everything else to get him into the postseason but i don't and i know browns fans would just go no i mean you're right it would be a disaster if the browns lost and the steelers won it would just be like the single worst kick in the balls of all time what would bug you more well browns losing i would agree i would agree (laughs) are there fans that actually would be more upset at this so you're are you saying that there would be fans upset if the Browns won and the Steelers won? I don't know that I would go that far. <laughs> I'm just saying in the nightmare scenario, it would be so one swift kick in the business, as you would put it, is is uh, the idea of a Browns loss. But yes, the, that'd be the, the worst. The chaser being Pittsburgh winning. Oh. Like I I think there's a part of the conversation here of not being the first team in the division out of the playoffs as part of the success of this season. That's all that. No, that's part of it. And it's a bragging rights thing. It's a rivalry thing. But the other thing I love is that the Browns are playing first, you know? So if the Browns win, you can almost kick back the next day and just hope <laughs> I'm going to put my feet up, have my beer and watch the Steelers lose. Oh, I think you know, that would be, I, that would be great. I think we could not talk enough about the upside or downside of playing first. The upside is clearly you get to win and then you just get to watch basically root for chaos. Like right. honestly, Pittsburgh. Honestly, if you win, Pittsburgh winning actually is the best thing for you because it it helps you avoid Baltimore for one more week. And I think that's the toughest matchup. I know Buffalo might be the hottest, one of the hottest teams in the NFL. Uh, Baltimore's been hot all season long. Yeah, but what? What if you ready for this one? I'm ready. What if the Browns got the Ravens in round two, beat their ass? And then hosted the AFC Championship game. All right, but I, this is where you're 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 kind of breaking my ankles. <laughs> Could you imagine? You're leading me down the Brownsian path, and then you're okay. But what if they went in and and beat the number one seed next week? You can't fill me with that kind of hope. But 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 I don't have a strong the, heart. The cholesterol is real, Matt. If you look at the AFC, the K, you would you would consider more chaos in the AFC, I think, than the NFC, because I think the Browns could beat the Ravens. I do. I also think, like you said, would it stun me to no end that a two versus seven matchup Pittsburgh won it? It wouldn't. Whereas I don't see Green Bay beating Dallas. I don't. Dallas hasn't lost in that stadium all year. Three six. The Chiefs look like crap. Not that Miami ever beats a good team, but you know what I mean. Like I could see chaos in the AFC, and I could see the Browns make it a run. I'm not telling you. I'm forecasting. You know. And doing a big Chuck and Little John bit here, but like I, I 
could they host the AFC championship game? That would be pretty, pretty crazy. I think it, it's funny what you're saying. Cause I, it's also kind of tipping off in my head, the importance of if you, if you make it beyond this week. And I think the expectation is that you make it beyond this week, but the importance of at some point knocking out a division arrival in the playoffs, because I, I you know, we, we talk a lot about the Browns perception and I understand that a lot changes with Flacco and with you got some free agents and there's some you know, Deshaun's health and all this kind of stuff next year. But like four years ago, they started the perceptional change for the Browns by making the playoffs, going into Pittsburgh and beating Pittsburgh in the COVID year. I kind of think if you were to beat te- the Texans in either in the next round uh, or, or at some point in the final two rounds of the AFC, you bested either Baltimore or Pittsburgh. I, I think there's just... I, I think that's the culmination of burying the same old Browns. I don't think you'll ever bury the Brownsian panic that we have, but in terms of same old Browns, which I think a lot of this season's been about, right? Every time you could have counted this team out, they, they're like the undertaker. They sat back up and started kicking people's ass. I kind of think that formula, beating the Texans, you can't really control anything other than that because that's who you play, but it, at some point in the next two rounds, upending an AFC North team, um, on the road, I think makes it even better. I think goes a long way to changing how we, not just we, but people outside of Cleveland perceive the Browns. No, I don't. I don't disagree, especially with Baltimore. You know, I mean, just all the luck, all the weird plays, pick sixes to end games, all all those things have happened. This seems like a team right now. They're pretty much healthy right now. I mean, Delpit coming back. I mean, they got to get their kicker back, but like. Man, I mean, now's the time. They're playing. They're playing really well, really well, and that would be nice. But no, Steelers Browns thing bit. No, I, it would be much worse if the Browns lost than if the Steelers won. Because I don't know. We're so focused on this team right now because it's an, it's a really good team, and they actually lived up to the billing this year and oh, you know, exceeded expectations. Remember when Chubb got hurt, Nick? Season's over. That's it. It's over. You know, Watson, same thing to an extent. Hey, they're uh, they're in a good spot. You mimic exactly how drunk we all were when that happened, <laughs> uh, Matt. Real quick, because we 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 got to let you go here, because you are uh, you fulfilled your contractual obligations today. What a day! What a show! Real quick uh, prediction for uh, this weekend with the Browns. I think they're going to win. I do. I think it's. Uh, I'm going like twenty-seven twenty. How about that? You pretty kind of, you. I think you were running down Houston a little bit more than no, that. No, well, no, you're going to get me in trouble. But <laughs> I, I think that I think they're going to win. I do. I think uh, I like where they're at right now, and I, I still believe that they're going to go in there and handle their business. I, they got to weather an early storm. That crowd will be into it. You know, Stroud will will find Collins early. There'll be something going on, but. Um, once it's all said and done, I think the Browns advance. I do. To talk about everything to do with the NFL playoffs this weekend on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline, we're going to welcome on Mark Ross, NFL Network analyst, also longtime NFL executive, and of course, this weekend, Dolphins Chiefs exclusively on Peacock on Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Mark, welcome to the show, sir. Hey, thank you for having me. The playoffs are here. What a wonderful time. I'm just curious because you were you know, you were a part of so many great Giants runs uh, in their history with the Coughlin years and all that and the, the Super Bowls. I'm just curious, what's it like to be in an organization? And how does it change going from 
You're 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 prepping week to week in the regular season to now your organizations in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, I had some nice runs with the Eagles too. You know, three NFC Championship games with them, some playoffs with Andy Reid and that crew, and you know, it just gets more. Uh, you know, it just steps it up another level, and everybody just gets more focused. And especially the Super Bowl runs that we had, it was. I mean, it was all in, you know, and it, and you got to have that mentality of absolutely no distractions. Everybody's just laser focused. Everybody is just extra amped up and extra excited. So, you know, that's really the the difference of you know during the season, week to week. It's uh, could be some some distractions here or there. You not have total focus, but it's all complete, one hundred percent buy in, and everybody's just. The, the good runs, let's just say, everybody is just all in and, and laser laser sharp with their focus. Now, I know I'm about to basically ask you to, to choose a favorite child here, but what <laughs> for you, in your career in the league, what was the most magical run that you were a part of? Oh, man. You know, the, the first one when we beat the Patriots in 2007 when they were undefeated, you know, that's got to be, to me, that might be the, uh, to me, it's the greatest upset the greatest run in Super Bowl history just because of the stakes there with the Patriots and some people thinking that they were the greatest team of all time. Of course, they were undefeated, and they, and we just stopped history. This, the second one was great, the great runs with the Eagles. But, you know, just the stakes that were so high and the historical aspect of that Patriots team and everyone thinking that they were unbeatable. And then, of course, to have it end in such dramatic fashion, which I think with the greatest – Super Bowl play in Super Bowl history with the helmet catch, but people forget the beginning part of the helmet catch where Eli Manning actually pulls out of a tackle and breaks a tackle, which he hadn't done before after that. So that was really, to me, to have that Patriots team that was so historic and to upset them and to have it have such a great game that came down to the end with the greatest play in Super Bowl history as well. So it's hard to top that one. Well, as a, as a town that has our own mixed feelings on Belichick and, and certainly got sick of the Patriots kicking the crap out of us, I think we can all extend another thank you <laughs> to the Giants for stopping yeah. that bit of history because it would have it, it, it people in Boston are already out of control. You helped us there. Yeah, I never realized how much the people hated the Patriots until we played in that Super Bowl and we're <laughs> you know out and about in Arizona in the town and doing things practice and it was everybody just I never realized that. You know, so focused on the NFC East and beating those guys and all of that with uh, mostly with the Eagles, but then with the Giants. And I never realized the hatred, the hatred that people had for the Patriots and, and Brady and Belichick. So, yeah, definitely we satisfied a lot of people. We're, we were America's team during that game. Mark, looking to the Browns Texans this weekend, taking a look to this Super Wild Card weekend. You know, the Browns are two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. And I'm just curious, when you look at this game, do you expect the Browns to win or do you expect the Texans to win? Yeah, I was surprised by that line that the that they were favorites. But, you know, that's just the confidence that uh, people have in the Browns now and the way that they're playing with Flacco getting inserted in there and looking like he turned back father time. You know, father time is undefeated. But at least for, I don't, I don't know how many games Flacco been there, five, six five. games yep. He's turned it five games. He's turned it. I mean, it's it's been incredible to watch him. Each game, I keep waiting. Okay, the wheels are going to fall off of this guy. You know, he's going to look like the black over the last four or five years. But it's been it's been incredible. He looks like how he looked during that Ravens run, where even during that season, 
he he was struggled, and then we actually played them towards the end of that season, and he was on fire. That's when they switched to Jim Caldwell. He was on fire. That's what kind of got him started during that year, and I mean he couldn't miss, and now he's doing the same thing. So, you know, it's all about if he if he goes out there looking like that and the way the defense is playing. Slight favorites to Cleveland, but I mean, just you know, Houston has so much magic going on on their end too. With uh, as we know, with C.J. Stroud and the, the rookie QB and D'Amico Ryan's the first-time head coach, it's it's really a toss-up to me. It, it really is. It's hard for me when I look at the other games. I kind of have some clear favorites, but that one is is a supreme toss-up. So um, you mentioned the word uh, magic with C.J. Stroud, which is absolutely fair. How much of what Houston has been able to do is that this kid is just, um, I mean, just he just has the ability to, to remain cool, calm, and collected and make plays, and how much of it is they're actually a really good team? Well, going into the season, I, and I, I covered them during camp. I was at their camp, and I thought, yeah, this would be a nice four-win team, five-win team if everything breaks right. Because when you look, they didn't have a ton of talent. I mean, Nico Collins, the year he had, but – it was incredible and resurgent and best year of his career. And, you know, that was kind of the guy like, okay, this, if he's your go-to guy. There's not much there. And the offensive line looked like it had some holes, young guys on the defense. So, but CJ has really just, and I, you guys know him at Ohio state and I had some questions and then going in when he played Georgia, he looked like this guy could be a you know an all-pro dude, that Georgia game. But in my view, when I scouted him, you didn't really see that sort of level where he just took over things and made tons of plays throughout his career. He was good. He was solid, but more of a part of the system. But you said, okay, once he gets there, is it going to be that Georgia game, C.J. Stroud, or is it going to be the rest of his career? Well, he's been that Georgia game, C.J. Stroud, from game one where he's just raised the level of everybody – in the entire organization, specifically, of course, the offense and the way he plays. And he just has such poise, such vision, such confidence, playmaking ability, the accuracy. It, he's just really been incredible throughout the whole season. You know, had a little lull in the middle, and then he got hurt, but then came right back and looked like you know, this guy's a top-five quarterback in the league. So, He's raised the level of everybody in that organization, and I 100% attributed that to him. you got to give D'Amico Ryans his credit as well, of course, for how he's got the team motivated and playing. But the, the quarterback to me is really the – he's the X factor and everything revolves around what C.J. is doing. Mark Ross, NFL Network analyst on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. How much does playoff experience matter in a game like this? The Browns have Flacco, Super Bowl champion – uh, a lot of the uh, the defense was here three years ago. Miles Garrett, um, you know, Denzel Ward, guys like that. And, and on the Houston side, n pretty much none of their best players have any playoff experience. Yeah, you're right. And it's, you know, that experience back to just being there doing that can be a big help, you know, and it's because the distractions. You know, you want to avoid all distractions. I kind of talked about that before. And when everything's new, and I was a part of this with the Eagles where – when we drafted Donovan McNabb in 99, and we, we were average the first year. We made the playoffs the second year, and we had to go up to New York and play that. And a lot of the newness of it was, you know, overwhelming and intoxicating. You're, you're just so happy to be in the playoffs that that's kind of your, man, this is the Super Bowl for us. We did it. We made it. 
as opposed to if you've been there, okay, now you make that step, we want more. So then the next year you, you, you're just focused on winning and winning other games and you're not just excited. Like, okay, we've got a bigger goal in mind. Let's get ready for that step. So I think there is something to those veterans and who have won Super Bowls and been a part of it that won't be phased by the newness of making the playoffs. And, yeah, we're just here to play a game and all the other outside distractions aren't going to bother us or de- deter our preparation. So yeah, I, I think there is an advantage to have been there, done that, with the focus, with the concentration, with the not being distracted. But, again, the toss-up of this young team don't know no better. They've been, they've been doubting. They've been crushing it all year long with being able to take steps of not being able to do it. So they just might not know any better and just go out there and just ball out and don't care about any of that either. Mark, the Flacco stuff for Cleveland has been a big talking point. And, you know, there's there's a contingent of Browns fans who would really like it if Joe Flacco – was either Deshaun's backup next year or was Deshaun's competition next year. Is there anything Joe can do or anything Joe can do with the Browns down the stretch that makes that a conversation in the building? We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I think he's already done it. I mean, I just I don't know how you just watch what he's done and just say, we, we're not going to bring this guy back at all. You know, you got to, and he might, he might revert back to how he looked. Again, there was a reason why they pulled him off the couch. You know, it wasn't like there's 30 teams in demand for Joe Flacco. And, of course, once he caught fire, like, why didn't everybody sign Joe Flacco? Well, because, you know, the last few years, Joe Flacco didn't look very good. And But what he's shown so far, no matter what happens this weekend, you got to say, yeah, we got to give this a shot. We got to at least bring him back because what's your alternative, number one? But the way he's played, he's, he's shown that, hey, I got something left. So I think that's an easy decision to say, yeah, this guy's got to be around. Given Deshaun's contract, is there anything he can do that might make the Browns consider to try and move off that uh, contract and give him the starting job next year? <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that's a long time from now. And, of course, you know, all the Browns brass are hoping Deshaun Watson at some point comes back and looks like that Deshaun Watson, they gave that contract to. You know, I don't think anybody wants him to fail and say, you know what, we're just going to eat all of this money and um, we got to move on from Deshaun. I, there's not one person who was a part of that decision to bring Deshaun in there who doesn't want Deshaun to succeed and to play at a high level to justify what they're doing. You know, that being said, you still have to have a backup plan. You still have to see his injury history and, and look what looks – look at what has gone on with him and say, well, we just can't have 100% faith to say he's going to be that guy. So, yeah, you, you have to – they're 100% rooting for him and wanting him to ball out. But also, we got to have a backup plan for what's going on with him. Mark, uh, as we look across the other games this weekend, are there any specific games you look at and think there's a really great chance for an upset? Yeah, you know, it, it's, you know, pretty much 
all of them could get either way, to, to be honest. But I think that Pittsburgh-Buffalo game, the way Buffalo's kind of playing, but then now you got that nasty weather, and I know Watt's not going to be there. But the way Pittsburgh just kind of finds a way to keep doing stuff and winning and, and looking ugly, and it's he's just grinding it out, and inexplicably, here's another win for Pittsburgh, and inexplicably, we get the right break at the, at the end of the season by the Titans, you know, getting that W, and and now we're scratching and clawing to get in. And, you know, that's kind of the one where I'm looking at just how everything's lining up. That 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 could be an ugly – another ugly upset for Pittsburgh. And I know Cleveland fans don't want to hear that there, but uh, just the way that things just sort of kind of go crazy in the playoffs, that kind of looks and feels like that might be another one. Follow this man on social media at Mark Ross. That's Mark with a C. Mark with a C. We really appreciate you, buddy. And uh, hope you get to uh, enjoy uh, a fun and chaotic playoff weekend that we usually come to expect here in the NFL. No doubt. Anytime. Thank you so much. Mark Ross there. Everything that that involves Joe Flacco's run here and what it could mean for the future. And I think it's interesting that he says uh, Flacco's already done enough to be brought back. Because... To me, what that means is, what when I listen to that, I hear him think that maybe Joe Flacco isn't going to have enough interest as a starter on the open market. And that's why I think the next potential four games are so interesting because there's just, there's kind of a fine line to walk between Joe, uh, Joe Flacco playing well enough that you keep winning and you go as deep as you can into the playoffs and he plays so well that you have this historical run and he's he's basically priced out of your wheelhouse next year. Because I think it's really easy for people to say, he's 39. Who's going to want to have him in their offense? And, and certainly, even if they give him that, it's, well, he's a bridge quarterback. Which I get, like, that's who Josh McCown was at the end of his career. He was a guy that you'd come in, he kind of helps the rookie, maybe starts for you for a bit, and then you kind of ha- that's certainly what he was in Cleveland the bridge quarterback. And there's a part of me that I just don't – I mean, I, I think it is on a case-by-case basis. But there's a part of me that if this guy goes on a run, and I don't expect him to go on a Baltimore run, I think there are people in town who just who, – who who look at what he's done as as akin to that. It's not. When, when Baltimore went and won the championship, for a four-game stretch, he didn't turn the ball over. He, he's done uh, all he's done here, and I shouldn't say all he's done, but the only real negative that we've seen from him to this point, because he hasn't lost a lot, the only real negative is the turnovers. But the turnovers are there. You can't, like this idea that we can just, well, you can live with turnovers. Not really in the playoffs. The margins are so thin, and it really does just take one bad game to, to get you out of the playoffs. So either he clears up those turnovers and goes on, uh, uh, you know, continues the the majestical run here, or the turnovers could be a big part of what kind of short circuits a magical run. Whether that's this week, a week from now, two weeks from now, or, I mean, let's think, let's get real effing crazy here, the Super Bowl, right? But those, you can't say turnovers don't matter, especially in the playoffs. But I do think if he... I don't think it's as simple as if they go to the Super Bowl, because we've had this conversation a few times. Well, if he goes to the Super Bowl, he's he's going to be a starter somewhere, or you're going to have to make him the starter here. 
I think him continuing to play better, and and this is where context matters. If you just look at the box score and put his first three starts against his last two starts, you're going to say he's the same guy the whole time. When you start digging in and you start to remember kind of how that game went, from the Chicago fourth quarter, the, the, the comeback win there on, I think the Browns' offense has been a lot more consistent, and I think a lot of that is Joe. Because it, it, they have not been able to run the ball consistent. So what they've been able to do is they've been able to marry those deep plays down the field with an intermediate passing game, short passing game, to extend drives. I think what Joe has done is it to this point in the regular season, and that's where we got to distinguish this, Joe has done enough to distinguish himself and to make him a fan favorite and a burgeoning local legend. And if he does the same thing in the playoffs, you probably are going to win a couple games, but you're probably not going to do the ultimate, right? The thing that the thing that we hope, we don't even want to say it. It's like Voldemort. Even saying go to the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl feels like just don't even say it. Don't even think about it. it that harkens back to the conversation last week, or was it this week? I don't know, time's a flat circle, where we had the conversation about you know, could you, would you bet it if you got really good odds, would you bet against the Browns to win the Super Bowl? And I said, I can't even do it. Cause here's the thing. I do that now. And even, even if they get to the AFC title game and lose, I'm going to feel like it's my fault. I bet against them. I curse them by being a disloyal fan. Now, by the way, not a logical thought. <laughs> that is not, that is not one round uh, rooted in science and reasoning and logic. But it's 100% how sports fans think and how we think in Cleveland. But specific to the Flacco thing, one of the things that, and, and, and you know, we're talking about it from the future lens here, which interests me less right now because it's not a conversation today. But I do think, and I said this when, you know, before we parted with Matt Derry uh, and, and kind of late in the, the, the two o'clock hour there. I do think this could be the beginning of a real legacy of Joe Flacco because if you win this weekend, and it's kind of impossible now to forecast who you're going to play next week because it depends on who wins around you this weekend, but the beginning of that legacy is winning this weekend. We've had quarterbacks who've had nice five-game runs in the NFL. Like Aaron Schatz was saying with Peterlin last night, he was like, hey, he's, a, he's, he's a top 15 quarterback. He was, if you, if you extrapolate his numbers across a full season, he'd be the 15th best quarterback in the NFL, which by the way, way better than what you had uh, with, with DTR or PJ Walker. And you, we could even haggle over whether that's better than what Deshaun's numbers were in the four games he started this. Sorry. I, uh, was it five games he started? It was always four and one. And then there was the indie game, which people give him credit for. Sorry. The five games that he played a bulk of the game. We can have that argument. But just specific to this weekend, if if you don't win this weekend, even if Joe throws for 400 yards, which I think was what Matt Derry said could happen, if it, well, he's still going to be beloved if you throw for 400 yards and you, uh, you lose. I think it's important that the Browns win this for him, meaning for his legacy and – for the the expectation of him, the NFL is a groupthink league. The NFL is a recency bias league. The NFL is a what happened on national TV league. 
Like that's and 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 you would think to yourself, well, no, but they're a twenty-five billion dollar business. It does not matter. Perception matters almost more than anything in the NFL. And the perception of Joe Flacco right now is, ah, oh, it's cute. It's that hair tussling thing. Good for you. You know what, Joe? You prove to us. There's going to be less hair tussling and more respect paid in and out of Cleveland if Joe wins this weekend. And there's a part of me, like, listen, the number one part of me that's rooting for the Browns, I just want to, I just want to, I, I just need it, man. All right? Like, I, 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 I am not over the novelty of just making the playoffs. So just the idea of talking about the playoffs, being in the playoffs, it's incredibly exciting to me. And it does, like, you know, you know, football fandom in this town is synonymous with family to me because my dad and my uncle and my grandma and my great-grandma and my, my, my uh, Aunt Wendy and my grandpa, like, my family, it were all Cleveland sports fans. I like that second, that tertiary thing there. Man, I kind of want it for Joe Flacco. And that begins this weekend. You win a playoff game, your seventh game here in Cleveland, or sorry, sixth game as the starter, or sixth game started in Cleveland. You win a playoff game on the road, no matter who they face. That's the beginning of the build a statue talk. We're not building it. Maybe maybe we get like to, uh, to scale you know, like a, like a, like a, like almost a bobblehead now. And then you, you win in the second round. And all of a sudden we're really starting to think about uh, a statue. You win in the AFC title round. We're you're getting that statue. All right. It, it's going right next to every other great Browns player. Cause that's how much it would mean to Cleveland. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.